Welcome to How To Be Alpha, a show exploring the essentials of having a personal brand and how to generate revenue using your own face and stories. I'm your host, Elizabeth Halford, and I've been curating my personal brand since 2008, when a career as a pro blogger landed in my lap. I became a well-known brand, generating a full-time income before that was really even a thing. I took a break, and now I'm back, bringing you all the juicy gossip to be alpha in your business. And by that, I mean being the best you you can be because your only competition is you, which is great news because it means everyone can be alpha. A few notes before we get started. Don't drive and take notes. Every episode has its own page at youisalpha.com forward slash podcast. Also, please leave me a review on iTunes. You're a small business. I'm a small business. You know the drill. I might even read it out on air. Thanks for joining me. Let's jump right in. Hey, friends. Welcome to episode two. I have already gotten my first review on iTunes, and it was from somebody I don't even know, which is one of my milestones I can check off my list. And it's from Yolanda2020, and she said, super awesome stuff, smiley face emoji with five stars. So thank you so much, Yolanda. Last week, we talked about the why, the who, and the hows of making people like you and the ways in which this helps to generate the know, like, and trust factors, which are super important for you as an influencer, a personal brand, or an online entrepreneur. Today, we're going to talk about your physical image, specifically how you appear in photos. As a personal brand or online entrepreneur, your face and your body are going to appear in photos a lot. So you need to make sure that everything you put out is communicating likability, which generates rapport, which generates revenue in your business. And so today I want to talk about some of the subconscious things that we do in photographs, which send the opposite message to what we're needing to communicate to our audiences. First of all, why do we behave differently on camera than we do in real life? We have a deeply rooted and primal need to be seen and known. And while we need this, it can be difficult to receive and accept because we've become accustomed to hiding, wearing masks, and projecting the us that we want people to see. And the camera is really like a giant eyeball. The end of that lens is like a huge eyeball staring you down and it can feel uncomfortable and it can leave you feeling vulnerable. Also, it can be difficult to feel out of control of what this photographer is going to be doing with your images. So this is a little side note, a little diversion really quick. A little hack for you, if you're a photographer listening, is that if a client is appearing really insecure about having that giant eyeball looking at them, I will lower my camera and shoot in live mode using the screen on the back of my camera so that I can look at them and I can talk to them while we're shooting. And so that I now am connecting with them as their audience and removing that barrier between me and them. Not everyone is super used to or accustomed to working with a piece of machinery and they need to connect with you as a human. Also, my commercial clients get to have all of their images and they have the rights to edit them and I don't post without their permission. So they are in total control of what happens to their image and how they appear to the world after these photos were created, which is important if you know that feeling of friends at a party, let's take a selfie. And what I'm thinking is, oh no, 
I don't know what I'm going to look like. Am I going to get to sign off on this photo before it's posted? You can feel super out of control and, and that's not a good feeling. I've been shooting for 10 years now and I have photographed thousands of people. And hundreds of those people were just single people sitting there with me in front of my camera, having their portrait taken. I also have a specialty interest in photographing kids with special needs, and it can be very difficult to connect with them and help them connect with you and obtain eye contact from those kiddos. And sometimes the difficulty of achieving that can be nothing compared to the skill it requires to photograph an insecure adult. I have never met my match when photographing disabled kids, but I certainly have in my hard drive hundreds of examples of what it looks like to have a person, an adult, caving in on themselves in front of my camera. And because I'm a super nice person, I won't be showing you those examples in the show notes, but I will be describing for you what not to do, and more importantly, what you should do to communicate being a powerful, likable, and trustworthy person. A quick note on the show notes, remember they're available at youisalpha.com forward slash podcast, and this particular episode does have some images of me breaking the rules to illustrate my points. Number one, head tilting. When I hit Google to start researching this episode, I searched how to look powerful and confident in photos, and the very first result was from WikiHow, and it literally said, tilt your head and don't look straight at the camera. And to that I say, liar, liar, pants on fire. This is an absolute no if you wanna appear powerful and confident. Head tilting is a particularly feminine habit. For some, this is a learned behavior from childhood, or you may have literally been instructed by a photographer in the past to tilt your head. This is a position that females often assume to subconsciously communicate that we're approachable, we're gentle, we're non-threatening. This is something we've learned to do not to take up too much space in the world. Now, men don't naturally do this because for males, being dominant, bold, confident, and taking up space is a preferred situation. So if you're a woman listening, lift your head up and don't be a doormat for anyone. It's okay for you to take up space in the world. You don't need to assume the responsibility for making others feel comfortable with your power and your presence in the world. On the flip side, we do see the head tilt often used in fashion photography, and when a tilted head is used along with overtly dominant body language, it can communicate power. So you need to know the rule in order to break the rule well. And so this does sometimes have a time and place, and you can see this in play in the cover art for this podcast. Number two is smiling. We're not gonna talk about how to smile, Although here's a pro tip, a smile takes place in your eyes. You cannot fake a smile in your eyes. We're going to be talking about whether you're smiling or not. I've noticed in the course of working for corporates that when I would go in and do headshots, women were directed to smile while men were often directed to cross their arms and appear knowing or almost stern in their facial expressions. I think it's important for that likability factor that your main avatar across all of your profiles on the internet is a big smile straight to camera, unless your brand vision calls for otherwise, of course. And this goes for men and women. Now, there is absolutely a time and place for that knowing, that serious knowing expression. So just be conscious that during your photo sessions, 
you engage a range of different expressions for different uses to communicate your personality in the appropriate ways at the appropriate times, regardless of your gender. Don't just smile because you're a woman. Don't look stern just because you're a man. But what's the hack here? Engaging a genuine smile in your images. For me, it's as simple as thinking happy thoughts. I think about my kids, I think about the cruise we're about to go on, or I think about the next time I'll get to eat tacos. Any of these things can make a genuine smile shoot out through my face, as you probably just heard. A hack that I employ as a photographer when I see a client creeping into this uncomfortable forced expression is I invite them to look down, to take a deep breath, and when they're feeling safe and like they've reset themselves, I instruct them to look at me again. Looking down is something that we do to feel safe in social interactions. So inviting clients to do this or inviting yourself to do this when you're feeling insecure can be helpful. Number three, neck touching. This is one of my biggest pet peeves in photography and I see it being done a lot. I know that having this camera, this giant eyeball staring you in the face is not always the most comfortable situation for many people. I myself find it helpful when the photographers I work with are comfortable posing me and helping me to appear comfortable and confident on camera because it's not even always natural for us pros. Just because we live behind the camera doesn't mean we don't need help when we're in front of it. People engage nonverbal communication tactics to make us feel safe but look insecure and powerless. And one of these is neck touching, also hair and face touching. I recently saw a speaker's panel flyer for a really big event, and one of the very few women who were even on the panel, her headshot was one of those where she was kind of holding her neck and almost pulling her head down, and she did not appear to be an authority on anything. It did not cause me to trust her. Men do this sometimes too, and when they do it, I often see them kind of trying to go for that GQ look and project sex appeal, but really, It usually just looks like you're holding on for dear life. If neck touching is the don't, what should you do instead? If you feel nervous in front of the camera and are prone to communicating this with your hands, grab a prop to use in your images. Work on your computer if it's a working shot. Hold your phone. If you're a photographer, use your camera in your own photos. If you're a musician, hold your instrument. Put your hands in your pockets with your thumbs out. Use your arms to lean on something or move around during your session. Number four is arm crossing. Arm crossing is often a go-to stance in photos to make yourself appear and feel powerful, especially when men do it. They'll do it like with a puffed up chest, but it's a piece of nonverbal communication which actually says, I feel inferior right now. It can also communicate, I'm attempting to be dominant because I feel inferior or I'm closed off to you right now. How many times do you recall crossing your arms in the middle of an argument to kind of say, like, I'm not listening to you anymore? During business interactions, arm crossing, leg crossing, neck and face touching, these things make your body smaller and make you take up less space and say, I'm trying to shrink away right now. Spread out and take up space. It doesn't have to be extreme. Just simply opening up your chest, unclenching your jaw, and being conscious to relax your hands and not make a fist. 
Number five, power stancing. If you engage with only one more piece of content today, please make it Amy Cuddy's TED Talk on how your body language shapes who you are. There's a link in the show notes. There are positions that we take when we feel powerful and positions we take when we're feeling powerless. So tweaking these things to make them fit for camera can communicate incredible things. Although sometimes in your personal brand photos, you're gonna want to look insecure or vulnerable if you're talking about those topics in your content. So doing the opposite of the things I've mentioned here can help you achieve that messaging as well. On that note, I recommend that you never delete images from your session. For example, in the show notes, I'm using a photo of me touching my neck, and if I had deleted it because it was a no-no, I wouldn't have had it on hand to show to you. Make sure the commercial photographer you hire to do your personal brand work knows that you want access to everything. Even out-of-focus shots can be useful as backgrounds or textures or in use with quote graphics. I often intentionally get out of focus shots for this purpose. If you go to my website, youisalpha.com, there's a pop-up inviting you to register for my e-course on five mistakes entrepreneurs make when hiring a photographer and it's jam-packed with these kinds of things that you want to make sure you'll be getting from your photographer. Number six, head turning. In tip number one, we talked about head tilting. Here we're talking about head turning. Turning your face away from the camera and giving your viewers the side eye says, I'm trying to get away from you. Anyone who has worked with me will remember hearing me say over and over again, face straight at me, face straight at me. I'm always helping my clients to reposition their face straight at me if their intuition is to turn away. When my subjects start to pull away from the camera, I like to remind them to bring it right back and connect with their audience. I love nothing more than a confident headshot straight to cam. Our last point and number seven is eye contact. This might be my favorite body language hack because it's a piece of nonverbal communication which involves neuroscience. Eye contact releases oxytocin in the brain even when it's just a photo. Remember I was talking about at the top of this episode that a primal need we have is to feel seen and known and eye contact gives us this connection. So if you're using your personal brand to draw your audience and potential clients to know, like, and trust you, eye contact is a powerful tool in achieving this, especially when combined with the other things I've mentioned like smiling. When you're not a brick and mortar business, your online presence is everything. Even when your business is about serving others, you need your presence to present you first and foremost. And I'm preaching to myself here because photographers have a really easy way out because we have thousands of images of other people in our hard drives, which we can use in our marketing collateral. Even when I was creating the website for You Is Alpha, my initial intuition was to pack it out with client photos. And even the front page You were greeted by a fashion shoot and no images of me. Although those were more styled, high production value, and just really freaking awesome for my brand, even as a photographer, the thing that I'm selling to clients first and foremost isn't photography, it's me. My expertise, my approachability, the fact that you can trust me, and my open, welcome, and inviting nature. And I can't make this my first impression if I'm showing you photos of other people. 
Non-photographers tend to use stock photography to achieve this and avoid using their own photos. And because of websites offering a lot of very gorgeous and royalty-free stock photography, we're seeing the same stock photos used again and again and again. Even this week, I saw a national, a national magazine, people, using images from Unsplash. The same image I'm seeing over and over again from small and large brands alike. Today, I'm challenging and inviting you to look at your online assets, your website, your social, your email templates, and think about it from the point of view of a person meeting you online for the first time. Think of it like a store. If you walk into a boutique and you only see products and the owner doesn't greet you or isn't even there, you're going to walk right out without buying a single thing. Your website is for selling, not browsing. So that bounce rate that you see in your analytics, those are people walking into your business, not finding you there, and walking straight out again. If you take one thing away from this episode, I hope I've convinced you that as a personal brand, your photos are very important in selling yourself, and you have the power to help your customers know, like, and trust you if you use your body well. Thanks for listening. Next week, we're talking about the definition of a personal brand, And who really needs to be listening to this show? Thank you so much for listening. You are such a babe. A reminder that all notes are available at youisalpha.com forward slash podcast. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn as youisalpha. And on Instagram, I'm youalphababe. Now go leave me that review and remember, you is kind, you is smart, you is alpha.